Hi, John. How are you this week? Hi, Elliot. Doing fine. Hope everything's well with you. Yep, things are good, and we're having really nicer than normal weather. Cloudy all the day, most of the time, but a little warmer. And we haven't had any significant snow, although they're saying we might get an inch or two uh, overnight tonight. Well, just as long as it's nice when I get there on the uh, on the fourth of February, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I've reached out to all the meteorologists I know in town, and they're uh, they're holding some kind of a vigil in advance of that to try to get you some good weather. Yeah, that's so. I appreciate that. Or you send little kids out to throw sand over their shoulder or whatever they do to. But I don't know. That's when they want snow. This week, Sen issued an alert on human smuggling along the southwest border of the U.S. Did you have a chance to take a look at that? Yeah, you know, I will mention this at the end. We're doing a webinar on human trafficking this month, and because it's in part because it's Human Trafficking Awareness Month, but also obviously very important to our clients and to the community. So I did see that and a couple of things struck me right away. And one, one was it builds on so many other previously issued guidance documents and alerts, which is always valuable. So FinCEN does a number of things in the alert, including for a number of times that they've done this in the past, describing the difference between human smuggling and human trafficking, which is important. And then giving our community some direction on SAR filings. Yes. The uh, previous guidance in this space, was some of it was issued in 2014. They updated it in 2020. And they also reference some resources that FATF has published. They had a report on their website last fall. I think it was last fall. And the U.S. State Department also issued their global assessment on human trafficking late last year as well. So there are For those of you who are listening and are new to this space or just want to do a deeper dive beyond what's in the most recent FinCEN alert, there is a large volume of high-quality resources out there. We also have a number of things on our website which would be useful since we've done a number of webinars and pieces of those webinars are posted, all different kinds of human trafficking, perspectives on human trafficking and prevention. Hey, Elliot, before we talk more about this, just to show folks that when we do this, we're still paying attention to what's going on around us. Literally, as you were explaining that, FinCEN has just released another alert, and they identify a virtual currency exchange called BitsLotto as a primary money laundering concern in connection with Russian illicit finance. So folks, this will be posted on Friday. Obviously, this will be around this alert for the next couple of days, but without going into detail, just came out. I just want to make sure folks know that FinCEN has released another focus on the continuing concerns about primary money laundering concerns. But going back to this, I think the focus is on the Southwest border and some of the statistics that they highlight are very dramatic. So reading from the description, they say in fiscal year 2020, this was obviously during the height of the pandemic, less than 500,000 encounters occurred at the Southwest border. But in 2021, it jumped up to 1.7 million encounters. And in 2022, 2.3. And the other thing that's important here that the the use of smuggling by organized crime and and other criminals are being done because they're exploiting what's going on in, in a variety of countries that are impacted by corruption and oppression countries that we're all very familiar with, Cuba, Nicaragua, Venezuela. So all this leads to 
the movement of dollars and the movement of people. And as we've said, this is building on previously issued guidance from FinCEN and from law enforcement, State Department, what have you, in previous years. Yes. One of the things that caught my eye about in this alert that was, I think for me, when I thought about it, I realized, I guess I knew this, but what we tend to associate issues at the southern border, whatever they might be, including human smuggling, to be directly related to the countries immediately adjacent to the southern border. So Mexico and El Salvador and those countries and maybe the northern part of South America. But it was noted that there's been a steady increase with my, of migrants and people, including those who are being smuggled, who are coming from South America, the Caribbean, Europe, and Asia. And there were a couple of examples in call-outs in the alert about people who are being smuggled through the southern border from places nowhere near the southern border, like Bangladesh and others. So I think that what's the lesson there? I think the lesson for us in the community in terms of detection is the idea that the funds flows that you may see that could be related to this don't necessarily have to flow only from or to entities or individuals that are immediately in the southern border area. And so thinking about the problem more globally is something that we continue to have to do. I know you're going to talk about some of the red flags. I just wanted to highlight another item that I've seen in the alert that I thought is worthy of comment. And one is how this is communicated, meaning how do people get victimized here. And they point out that many times smugglers will advertise their services by pretending basically or posing to be legitimate businesses, such as travel agents or work recruiters, that sort of thing. And much of the solicitation in the past was done by word of mouth, but now social media and other technologies. And I will just highlight the fact that I've also seen in the news this week, the January 6th commission report that came out a couple of weeks ago, one of the criticisms of that report has been that the focus on social media was minor and that social media plays a large part in the recruitment that happened for the attacks on the Capitol on January 6th. And they play a large part here in getting victims to think that here is a way of getting out from under oppression, out from under cartels, transnational criminal organizations. So social media plays a large part in the communication in a variety of places that do touch on our world of that being financial crime. Yes. As you mentioned, the report contains some financial red flag indicators. There are eight of them. I'm not going to read them all to you, but we will link as we off, as we always do when we're speaking about a government report or other issuance, we'll link to the to this document in our posting. So you can go right to it if you haven't seen it. You don't have to go do any searching. But it talks about things like deposits by multiple individuals in multiple locations into a single account. So a funnel account issue there, not necessarily, and those accounts aren't necessarily affiliated with the account holder's area of residence or work, and there's no apparent business purpose. So again, in a number of these red flags, it's really about, so why does this make sense? <clears throat> and the not inconsistency with the customer's regular business 
or not having any apparent business purpose are a key element in many of the red flags that are here. I think the other thing, and you mentioned it earlier, is there's, there is some information in here about the way to report this activity on a suspicious activity report if you're in the U.S., I think even though this is a U.S.-issued document, for those of you in our audience who are in other countries, most countries have a, a suspicious activity reporting obligation. The form may be called something else, but in having looked at many of them over the years, they are much more alike than they are different. And so I think that clear narratives and things like that. There's also a specific call out in this document about how to identify that you are sending in a SAR that has a human that is focused on human smuggling. And I when you look at the guidance, you'll see it in a call out in a green called out box. But again, that's a an update to your processes if you're not already doing that, so that your whoever is responsible for finalizing your SARS picks up that that request from FinCEN. Yeah, and one thing every time we talk about SARS, we should always mention, and it's included here in the filing instructions that filers that want to expedite their report of the SARS can also call a hotline. So in addition, and sometimes that becomes almost more important depending on the activity that you've identified. And we've obviously encouraged this since day one of SAR filing. In some cases, call local law enforcement, call the FBI, but call this hotline number if you think what you're reporting needs to be expedited. And there's no list of what is and what is not in that category, but I think certainly our community knows from previous experience with law enforcement and filers what they can pick up the phone and call about and what they can simply send the send the SAR in. So I think that's always important to mention that. As we said, I think, I don't think I believe strongly that our community has been very proactive in the anti-trafficking space for a decade or more. And this these sort of alerts become pretty Pretty important to add to our tools, our arsenal, if you will, in dealing with these horrific crimes. And I just uh, credit FinCEN with doing a lot in this space. I think they've, they have clearly added to the private sector's ability to detect, report, and hopefully prevent human smuggling and human trafficking going forward. Yes. And we would be remiss, I think, if we didn't also mention, as we do during many of our discussions, that our law enforcement partners, in addition to FinCEN, are actively working in this space, issuing information, looking for support in the public-private partnership where we do, where members of the community do identify potential smuggling-related activity to really help build investigations and ultimately interdiction and prosecution. Agree, 100%. Yep. So you mentioned earlier, I know, so on January 25th, we're going to be doing our webinar on human trafficking. For those of you who have seen the the promo for it, if you haven't registered, you can still do that and you can do it on our website. The promo indicates that John is going to be moderating, but actually, if you tune in to the live stream, you're going to see me because John ended up with a conflict. But we have two experts who are going to talk about investigations, other very practical things that I think will be very valuable to those of us in the community to really understand how to see what we're seeing and understand it. Yeah, I just add that we've obviously, hopefully you know this by now, we've rebranded. So go to our website to look at some of the very interesting things that we have put in the rebranding. Obviously, 
the key being that financial crime issues and compliance never stops evolving. And so neither do we. So you'll find some uh, hopefully interesting things there, our solutions, our case studies, and of course, all the content that Ellie and I are involved in. The one other thing I'd mention is we will be recording at some point next week an interview with Jim Lee, the IRS CI chief on a variety of issues, including the, uh, the value proposition of BSA data by our law enforcement partners. A bunch of other interviews hopefully coming to fruition too. We have them on the schedule. We're going to be doing those in the next few weeks, but really appreciate any time we have a chance to talk to our law enforcement partners. They're just so integral to what we need to do as a community. Sounds good, John. You have a really good rest of the week and I will talk to you next week. Take care, Elliot. Stay safe. You too. 